the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. She has so many funny lines right up Reese's alley. I love her even more. It's underrated. I had no idea. Fell in love with her performances in the 90s. Supreme. Clearly, she has guts. Whiskey teacups, also known as Sass. Full two cups of whiskey. It's also known as like a classic. Forgot how much I love this movie. I completely agree. This is exactly what we had in mind. So on point. So on point. Hello and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Anne. We love Reese Witherspoon, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. On today's episode, we will be talking about the very weird movie, Jack the Bear. This movie was released in 1993, and Reese plays a side character named Karen Morris. I don't know where you can watch this movie. I had to buy it on DVD on eBay. (laughs) There's always one. From London. I don't live in London. There's always at least one that we have to order. We are dedicated. Yep. So this was another region-free DVD bought (laughs) bought from out of the country. That investment from season one and that region-free DVD player is really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In this movie, Jack's family is starting a new life after his mother's death. His father has an unconventional job and a drinking problem. And when he publicly humiliates their neighbor on TV, things get very dark very fast. This is your spoiler alert warning because I don't think that you can go watch this movie and I don't think you need to. <laughs> Agreed. I think you'll be more entertained listening to this episode of us recapping it. Mm-hmm. Today's episode is brought to you by Bright Endeavors. Bright Endeavors employs young moms in a fully paid transitional job training program that blends classroom education and job training to create a positive learning and work environment. They hand pour amazing soy candles and all of their proceeds support their programming. Snatch up their newest scent, pumpkin chai, available now. I'm ordering five of them. Yes. You can shop for candles and rediffusers at brightendeavors.org. And be sure to use code GIRLCRUSH15 for 15% off your order. All right, jumping into Jack the Bear. We gave this a 4.25 out of 10 for plot score. Ouch. Yep. So tell us about it. Let me tell you about it. All right. Movie opens with a kid with a mullet in Oakland, California, sneaking around watching an old-timey movie that his dad, John, starred in. John is Danny DeVito. Yes. Yes. This movie stars Danny DeVito. He plays a monster character in a late-night TV show, and they have masks and stuff all around their house. And the show kind of scares his son, but he still wants to watch and see Mm -hmm. something that his dad created. The neighbor kids know the dad as a monster and ask when the monster's coming out, so he, like, plays pretend monster with them. Mm -hmm. He's very good with kids. John is a single dad to the main character and his little brother, and they have a very playful, fun childhood, very happy memories with their dad and and just of growing up. The main kid mentions the heartbreak that happened, which was his mom passing away the year before, and thinks his dad needs the games as much as the kids do to kind of find joy. Mm -hmm. Laying in bed, the kid remembers playing a piano song with his mom called Jack the Bear, and this is where we learn that his name is Jack. Jack's dad is sitting at the table drinking a simple martini, and Jack pours a glass of milk and puts an olive in to join him. (laughs) Okay, do you like martinis and do you like olives? I love olives. Really, any olive. Martinis? I'll drink a martini if I'm, like, trying to have one drink and that's it because it will Mm. take me an hour to drink it. Yes. (laughs) I'm not, like, slurping on a martini, you know? No, no. Agreed. I don't really love martinis. That's not my go-to cocktail. No. I think maybe I need to play around with it. Maybe I would like one with, like, more vermouth in it. Mm, okay. I'm really not sure. I do like an espresso martini. That I do love. Yes. yes. 
but like traditional, like straight up martini with like Mm -hmm. just an olive in it. No, and I don't like olives either. So I'm really not set up for success. Oh, that's just Mm -hmm. all in, not the drink for you. No. Give me a margarita, please. (laughs) Yes. We learn more about the neighborhood. Dexter, who lives next door, is a little kid who lives with his grandparents. There is this really mean neighbor who threatens a dog and a man who walks with a limp after an accident. And the kids call him a zombie and he's played by Gary Sinise. Jack sneaks out and meets up with his neighborhood friends. They're pranking and vandalizing the zombie's house by spray painting his porch steps, which honestly feels cruel regardless of how terrible this guy ends up being. Jack climbs a tree and sneaks in his own house and goes to bed. Jack's dad wakes him up, and the zombie, whose actual name is Norman, is standing in their foyer with a bloody foot, which he cut while investigating a noise outside his house. When you said that right now, instead of picturing his foot bleeding, I pictured him holding, <laughs> holding a, bloody a severed bloody foot, which is not what it was. What was like, I found this while investigating a noise. He doesn't tell Jack's dad about the stairs, the spray-painted stairs, but he needs a ride to the hospital. Next day, Jack's dad takes Jack and his brother Dylan to the studio where he records his like late night show. And a woman, Peggy, helps them get dressed up and play with the props that are all around the studio. And she's Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yes, that's crazy. The kids go to visit their grandparents. Tensions are rather high between grandpa and dad. Grandpa says dad drinks too much, threatens to pursue taking custody of the kids if he keeps Ugh. drinking so much and having such a weird work schedule. Because he's leaving the kids home every night while yeah. he goes to work. The next morning, John oversleeps, and Jack has to get Dylan ready for his first day of preschool, and Jack takes Dylan to preschool, too. This kid who plays Dylan is so stinking cute, which our notes say that throughout the entire thing, and I just wonder, how do they get kids this young to act? I mean, he's preschool-aged. He's so cute. If you are a Full House fan, this is the kid who plays the small child named Aaron, who Full House fans are going to know exactly who I'm talking about. And Uh, if he looks familiar to you, if you ever get your hands on this movie and watch it, that's why. Because I knew exactly who this little child was. I love that. Did your brothers ever walk you to class? Justin did. I was never in the same school as Joe, but I remember Justin walking me to like kindergarten and first grade because we were in the same building. What about Jake? I don't really remember that happening. (laughs) Jake disappointing i mean i'm i'm guessing he did he was very protective but i just don't have any active memories of it but like when we were young we didn't like go to a class we went to the gym and waited there with our classes and then got walked to the classes together really yeah like in elementary school that's so strange i never did that yeah you like go in the gym and waited with your classmates before school started huh yeah I just now thought of that. I never, I never considered. I didn't know that was a thing. So we probably just walked in together and walked to the gym together. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Jack gets to his own school late and this is where we meet Reese. She's a classmate sitting next to him. She looks young, but I will say she looks like way older than Jack. Like they're obviously supposed to be classmates and she looks quite a bit older. Yeah. And she's, uh, I think we looked it up, two years older than this actor in real life. Mm -hmm. So there was an actual age difference between them. Yeah. Jack's dad, John, finally wakes up, realizes it's the first day of preschool that he overslept. He goes to school to check on Dylan. And Dylan is just like sitting in a circle listening to his story. It's so cute because he's so cute. So cute. Also, most of the kids in that preschool class have bowl cuts. Did you ever have one? No, thank God. I did not have the hair for it. I had very (laughs) curly hair. As a child, a bowl cut would have been a disaster. (laughs) Did you? Oh, no. Thank goodness. 
No, I always had my hair long. I did have intense bangs at some point as a child. Oh, yeah, same. I hilariously remember a couple of funny haircuts of my brothers. Of course, bowl cuts were all the rage for a while, so they had that. But then my favorite was the shaved head except for the bangs. Did you ever know boys who did that? Like, literally, no. it was a buzzed head except for their bangs. <laughs> I've never seen that hairstyle in my life. Are, are you okay? It wasn't me, thankfully. It was my brother's. <laughs> was it, like, a funny thing to do while you're cutting your hair? Like, you know, or was that, like, they no, went in public like that? No, it was, like, a style. I'm, like... <laughs> I I do not know what you're talking about. They're not like really thick bangs. (laughs) (laughs) Any kind of leftover hair when you're shaving your head feels like it should be unintentional. (laughs) I'm looking online and all the photos look way (laughs) trashier than I remember it looking, (laughs) but maybe. (laughs) I'm going to have to find some old photos and send them to you. Please do. Oh, Oh, that's (laughs) hilarious. Weeks go by and fall comes. Jack voices over about a girl, Karen, who is Reese, at school, who he clearly has a crush on. Also, I have no idea how old these kids are supposed to be. I cannot tell a child's age to save my life. I have no idea. Absolutely not. And the older I get, the less I can tell how old kids are. I used to get so offended when I was younger and people like... I have this vivid memory of someone from my church, like asking what grade I'm in or trying to guess my age. And they're, they'd be like four years off. And I, they think I was four years younger than I was. And I'd be like, so offended. Like they did not know I was 16. Right. (laughs) Or they didn't know I was 12 or whatever. And I'm like, as an adult now, I get it. I'm like, I have, I have no idea. I have no clue. No clue. Because especially like their growth rates could vary so much between children. Yeah. And Okay, when you came out here in the fall when we went and saw the high school musical together, kids, when they are a freshman in high school, they are 13, 14 years old. They are little, and they look so drastically different from seniors in high school. I'm like, you're so small. Yes. (laughs) You're you're so little. Like, I'm I'm trying to put myself back in those (laughs) shoes of being 14 in high school. Yes. And I remember being that, that young in high school and thinking that the, like, senior boys looked like men. Grown men. I was like, they, they're grown men. And now it's hilarious because now I see seniors in high school and I'm like, they're, I mean, they're not, obviously, there's a huge difference between the freshmen and the seniors, but I'm still like, they're still boys. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's so weird. Also between, like, I feel like ages 8 and 11, no idea. Oh, none. It's, it's all the same. Yeah. It's all the same. I was driving – this is such a tangent. I was driving behind um, some girl the other day, and, was, you know, school just started, and her back window had the, like, paint on it or whatever that she was, like, you know, a 2023 senior. Mm. And I was just like – I could just tell the way she was driving. I was like, you are feeling so cool <laughs> and confident right now, and I'm, like, so happy for you. Because <laughs> I remember that feeling. You know, when you're the yes. senior, yes. you've got your car keys on the lanyard oh, and you've got a so... good parking spot. Like, Yes. And you're like, I'm going to the tanning salon after. <laughs> I don't think they do that after anymore. I, thankfully, they don't do that anymore. But I will admit I did before prom, you know, and I felt so cool. Yeah. Oh, man. Those were the, those were the dates. Did we those pick in high school? No, days. I don't think so. <laughs> no, but like there were some glory days. It's some fond memories. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're fortunate to say that high school is fond memories for both of us. 
And I think we're fortunate to say that and that we also didn't peak in high school. The fact that those are both true for us so is, true. is big. So true. <laughs> it's a unique story. Jack invites Karen over for dinner on Friday. They were having Hungarian goulash, which is very specific. <laughs> and Jack's dad is really supportive. It's very cute. But Jack is like, they're, they're both wishing that his mom was there. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you were inviting a crush over in elementary school, first of all, did you ever do that? Second of all, what meal would you have asked your mom and dad to make? First of all, no, I never did that. How bold <laughs> do you think I am? Second of all, mac and cheese, 100%. Homemade. <gasps> oh, I love that. Yeah. What about you? Amazing. Uh, no, I also never did that. Are you kidding me? And <laughs> I, would, I would never want them to come over. I have three brothers. Like, no way. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, for the meal, though, probably something Lebanese. My dad is from Lebanon, mm, so he, mm-hmm. my parents make really good, like, Mediterranean-style food. So probably something so like good. that. Love it. It's Friday. It's dinner night. Jack is trying to pick out the perfect outfit. He's very nervous. And his dad is so cute with him, encouraging him, just being there for him. Jack goes to pick up Karen to bring him back to his house for dinner, which is so stinking cute. And her dad seats him in the living room and offers him a V8, which I think is hysterical. I love that they're, like, making this like a date. Like, he goes yes. to pick her up. Yes. I mean, if we had to guess, they're they're probably, like, I don't know, 12 or something? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, something sure. around. Like sure. I said, I just – I can't tell the difference. But, like, no. maybe middle school. Yeah. They were, like, sitting – yeah, middle school, I think, is probably a good guess. Yeah. Just to give you some idea. Um, do you like V8? Yes, but I also like Bloody Marys, and I think that oh. that taste profile goes hand in hand. Yeah, that does. Not I can crush those, some so. cans of V8. It's, I think it's great. I have, mean, I haven't had a V8 in probably 20 years, so I'm not sure anymore, but I know I didn't used to like it. Like, I am one of those psychos on the plane who will occasionally just order a can of V8. What? No. Yeah. It's just for your drinking pleasure? Yeah. Like, you know, for you your 1,000% like of sodium and your two <laughs> servings of vegetables. Yeah. Does it taste salty? It's just good. I don't know. It's salty tomatoes. <laughs> okay. And we're going to have to try this next time we're together. Okay. Which is next week. Yes. Get some V8. <laughs> okay. Fine. I figured out what I want to do on Sunday, Allie. Drink V8. Yeah. V8 taste V8 taste test. There you go. We'll put it on TikTok. Um, Jack's dad invited Peggy from the studio to join them for dinner so that Karen wouldn't be the only lady, which was very considerate of him. So cute. Also, like everyone, all the adults and everyone at this dinner is short. Karen yes. Reese Witherspoon is taller than literally everybody there. <laughs> which is hilarious because she's only like five one, I think, as an adult. Yeah, so she must have just had a growth spurt. Because, you know, I think she looks pretty tall in, like, Man on the Moon, her first movie. I think she looks tall. Yeah, I think you're right. I did not realize quite how short she was. How tall Until is, I just said 5'1 aloud. How tall is Julia Louise Dreyfus? She's 5'3". Maybe it was, maybe that part was uh, just the angles. Optical illusion. Yeah. She's also not very tall, though. No, no. But, wow, I just, 5'1", I just saying that out loud, that's like, whoa. I know, she's small. She has a presence. They have a very fun dinner with John entertaining them with voices and imitations, just being silly. They play cards. They just, they have what Jack calls a perfect evening. And he walks her home and she invites him in. He doesn't answer, but gives her a kiss on the lips and then says, good night. And the song, when a man loves a woman, starts playing. (laughs) Jack runs home, whooping and hollering, like best night of his life. 
<laughs> and he voices over that everything started falling into place after that, like the A's winning the World Series, which has the whole neighborhood celebrating together. <laughs> Except Norman, who just stands to the side watching everyone, like a real weirdo. Like a real weirdo. Don't worry, it gets weirder. Jack and Karen spend more time together, even kissing quite a bit, I would mm-hmm. say, and rolls around to Halloween. John dresses himself up as a bunny and Dylan as Charlie Chaplin <laughs> to go trick-or-treating, but Jack wants to stay home to hand out candy. He's too cool to go trick-or-treating. Do you love handing out candy now that you have a house? Yes. It was like the highlight of our <sighs> first year of owning this home. I loved it. I'm so excited for that day. You know, I've only lived in apartments, so... It's so fun. But when I was a kid, I, like, was never home to hand out the candy. I was always trick-or-treating. Yeah. I feel like you have, like, enough of a court... Like, you could, like, set something up. Like, Pro- just, outside, like, set a probably. table up. Yeah. Yeah, I probably could. I should. But also, like, yeah, I don't know. Do a lot of kids live, like, in your area? Um, a pretty good amount, yeah. Yeah. Especially, there's a, there's a few streets that we... That I imagine would be really good streets for trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, in your area? Yeah. yeah, like a few blocks over from me. <laughs> Jack calls Karen at home, but turns out she's at a party he didn't know about, which totally reminds me of in Mud when the boy calls his girlfriend, oh, who's not yeah. actually his girlfriend. Mm, oh, so sad. I'm so sad. Kid heartbreak. <laughs> Little baby Dexter comes to the door. He is dressed as a Nazi for Halloween. Uh-oh. And Jack is super confused. He's like, hey, buddy, where'd you get your costume? But Dexter doesn't answer, just walks away and salutes. By salutes, we mean Hiles. Yeah. And Norman is the one taking Dexter trick-or-treating. So this is a very important point of the movie where we learn that Norman is a neo-Nazi. Is that a plot twist no one was expecting? Yes. (laughs) Was not expecting that. Also love that Jack knew that this was messed up. I mean, he's like, he's like a young kid. Love that he's like, what? Yeah. So John and Dylan come home. Jack fills him in on what happened. And John is like, no, that's not what happened. And Jack's like, no, it's definitely what happened. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine? What if a child came to your door dressed as Nazi? (laughs) I think I'd look at them like I'm looking at you right now. (laughs) Mouth and then I'd probably look behind them to see who's Who in the street are. with them. Yeah. And be like, okay, never, never going to talk to them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So not Halloween night, but Norman comes to the door asking for contributions to a political candidate. He doesn't like how the neighborhood is becoming less segregated. Ugh. Less segregated. Clearly and a racist. He asks for a contribution as, quote, one white man to another. And John slams the door in his face, is shocked that this is true, that he's living across the street from a Nazi. And their nanny, Mrs. Sampson, who is black and overheard all of this, like, he, he's profusely apologizing to her, like, didn't know this about Norman, like, hates and that she just heard what he said. Yeah. And because Norman was using, like, terribly racist terms, like, glaring at the nanny, etc. Yeah. That night, John gets drunk on his show, and Jack, who's watching, all the workers at the station can tell. And the station is showing Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which John says is a narrative on communism. He's saying this, like, live on the air. Mm -hmm. And he just postulates about how you never really know who your neighbors are who live around you. And he kind of mimics Norman, and all of the producers are like, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah. I think he might actually name him, or, or no, he names the candidate who's yes, that he was running. Yeah, 
and we see Norman watching all of this from home. The next day, Jack finds Norman's dog dead in their front yard. And it turns out the dog was poisoned. And since it died on their front lawn, people suspect them of killing this dog. And Jack urges John to tell Norman, like, they didn't do it, especially after last night, knowing that this was some sort of, like, retaliation. Clearly, at this point, I'm thinking Norman is a psycho and did this himself to try to frame them or something. Mm -hmm. John knocks on Norman's door, apologizes for mocking him, and Norman, still a psycho, pretends to not know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Even though we saw him watching. Yeah, and John's like, well, I didn't kill your dog but I'm very sorry for your loss, holds his hand out for a handshake, but Norman refuses to shake it. And as he walks away, John John reiterates he did not poison the dog. He's like, I would have shot him. Like, poison's (laughs) not my style. John's producer insists that he needs some time off in a way that means John really doesn't have a choice. He's potentially fired. And he's like, I'll take a week, but that's it. At school, things are just falling apart. Karen breaks up with Jack, says they can be friends, but she's like, I can't can't be tied down. Like, that's that's how she's writing this off. Yeah. But it seems like she's definitely being influenced by her parents, possibly to distance herself from Jack. And I'm like, how many people actually watch this weird show, first of all? Like, or is yeah, news just traveling fast? Yeah. That is that is strange. Do you have any good, like, first breakup stories? <laughs> I don't know if it's good, but my first boyfriend, I broke, I broke, oh, this is sad. I broke up with him in a Chipotle parking lot. And, like, a Little League team was there getting chipotle and we're like sitting on a curb when i'm breaking up oh no there's like an audience it was terrible did you remember what reason you gave him i don't know like it's not you it's me (laughs) what about you um i broke up with my first boyfriend in seventh grade but i really don't remember how i did it i think it was on the phone because i'm a coward (laughs) well it wasn't a note at least that's true But I do remember one guy I went out with for literally four days in like when I was a freshman in high school. I I don't even know why. I I I think we were in like one class together and we were supposed to meet up at the football game Friday night and I got to the football game and he wasn't where he said we'd meet. And so I like called him and he didn't answer. And then he called me back and broke up with me from the bleachers, like where I could see him standing with other people. Were, like making eye contact. Yeah, it was horrible. No, that's terrible. Thankfully, I didn't care that much because we've only been going out for like four days. Oh my God. It's like in hindsight, it's been a good week, but <laughs> we didn't even get a Friday. <laughs> Um, Jack is frustrated because it doesn't seem like his dad is actually learning a lesson from this, Mm -hmm. from, like, him calling out Norman. Right. And he kind of takes his frustration out on Dylan, who has locked himself in the bathroom on accident and flooded the bathroom not knowing how to turn the sink off. (laughs) Poor baby. And Jack is just, Jack is just, like, super frustrated. He offers little Dexter next door a nickel to babysit (laughs) Dylan. A nickel. (laughs) Which is always the price that Scott and I, like, put on anything that happened in the past. We're like... They bought that house for a nickel in 1979, and now they're selling it for a million dollars. Jerks. Classic. But an actual nickel, which is wild. wild. Flashback to Jack yelling at his mom once to get out of his room, and he feels really bad about it. So he goes back to get Dylan, but doesn't see him. Suddenly, Dexter knocks on the door, says Dylan's gone, and Dexter eventually tells him that Norman took Dylan in a white car. (gasps) How terrifying. How terrifying. I cannot imagine. 
No. One of my brothers getting kidnapped while I was supposed to be watching them. No. I mean, I was the youngest, so that was never... <laughs> I, w- I would have been the kidnappy, but... Oh, no. Yes. Terrifying. Oh. Jack, very smart, calls the police, and Dexter's grandpa gets home and tries to get out of Dexter what exactly happened by hitting him. Like, Dexter's oh. not in a good family situation either. Right. And another neighbor sees this, intervenes, trying to tell him to stop. So there's just, like, a lot of chaos happening in the neighborhood now. The police arrive right when John gets home. They tell him Norman took Dylan. Hours pass. He's still not home. And the next day, news crews are there, and the neighbors are giving interviews, calling Norman crazy, just kind of piling onto this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And John goes on air on his show, not in character, to announce Dylan's kidnapping. And he's obviously, like, super emotional. Also, he announces that Norman is supposed to be in his late 20s. He looks like he's at least 40. Like, like we'll have to find a picture. And I, I looked it up. Gary Sinise was at least, like, early to mid-30s when this was filmed. But, like, I'm sorry. Their makeup department did not do right by him oh. because he looks way older than he's supposed to be. Sorry, Gare Bear. <laughs> he does. It's, like, oh, so creepy. Yeah, it's not good. John wakes Jack up in the middle of the night. Dylan has been found. He's in the hospital. He looks like he's a little scraped up, but otherwise he's okay. Turns out they found him in the woods, abandoned and left to die, but luckily nothing else physically had happened to him. Norman has disappeared, and Dylan stopped talking completely because of the trauma of the situation. He spends three days in the hospital, and they send him home, but he's still not talking. Their grandparents come to see Dylan. He's receptive to them, but he still won't talk to them. And his bed is broken because Dylan and Jack have both been sleeping in it together. So John tries to fix it while drinking, but it doesn't work. He gets upset, yells, which further frightens Dylan. And now Dylan refuses to even look at John. And his grandparents are like, this is not a good situation. But this is also the last straw for John that, like, mm-hmm. now his own child, like, won't even look at him. Right. So he storms over to Norman's with a baseball bat, breaks into his house... And there's, like, a bunch of old people inside. We think they're Norman's parents because John is like, tell me where your son is because Norman's still missing at this point. Right. They say Norman's not there, so he beats Norman's car instead. And Jack watches his dad just losing it. He's crying. It's, like, ultimate rage room in real life moment. Yeah. John tells Jack his heart's beginning to beat with a monster's heart, which would be a terrifying thing to hear your dad say to you. Yeah, seriously. And we see Jack and Dylan leaving with their grandparents who bring them to their house in L.A. John and Jack and Dylan live in Oakland. His grandpa teaches him how to play chess and says he'll teach him how to win, but will not let him win. And Jack says his dad would let him win, which his grandpa doesn't seem to think is like a positive character trait. But that's something that Jack is like very fond of in his dad. Mm-hmm. Do you play chess? No, I don't play chess. We played it growing up a little bit. Okay. Did you? No, but I like got intrigued by it after watching Queen's Gambit, but never <laughs> have really played it. I don't know the rules. <laughs> I know what each of the pieces are supposed to do, but I'll be honest, I've never won a game of chess. Oh, okay. I've never even played one, I don't think. We see John start to pour himself a drink, but he stops himself. He looks at a photo album with pictures of his wife, and he cries and apologizes, clearly feeling like he's failed her. And he goes to the producer of his show and says he'll do anything to get his show back so he can, like, have his kids back. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in L.A., Jack tells Dylan he's leaving. He gets a cab <laughs> from L.A. to Oakland. I don't even know how far that is. I think it's pretty far. Like, eight hours, maybe? Uh, five like hours six, and 30 minutes. Six hours. Yeah. He goes home, turns on the TV. How did he pay for this? Nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, he goes home, turns on the TV when he sees his dad isn't there. And he falls asleep. John gets home after work, and the power goes out. 
Jack wakes up because of this. And we suddenly see a shot of shoes and a cane going up steps. Norman? Norman? John finds a flashlight and goes to the basement to fix the lights, but sees the line has been completely cut. Absolutely not. Jack hears stuff going on, yells for his dad, and he peeks out of the room and sees Norman freaking sneaking around in their house. What is this guy's problem? I don't know. He's so creepy. Jack grabs a baseball bat, goes upstairs and hides, and John grabs a knife while Norman is whispering outside the door where Jack is hiding, which is so creepy. Mm. The door opens and Jack swings the bat, accidentally knocking John out instead. Norman has hidden. Norman had hidden. Now John is passed out and Norman's chasing Jack. So Jack tries to get away by jumping out of the second story window to a tree. (gasps) Oh my goodness. Do you ever think of escape routes in case something goes bad or an intruder comes in or do I just watch too much SVU? No, absolutely. I think about that. I'm like insane about security. Yes. Uh, I feel like, I don't know, we've had some weird apartment situations over the years. Yes. Luckily, one of our dogs is like an absolute psycho who will howl if he hears something suspicious. It makes me feel so much safer, but he only seems to do it. I don't know if he's just like more on edge. And Scott does not travel a lot for work, but when he does, literally every time the first night, Sam will wake me up barking at our bedroom door. And I think it's just because he's like extra protective of me when we're alone together. But it How scares, scares the crap out of me. I'd be so scared. It's terrifying. I'm like checking all the cameras in our house. Oh my goodness. What about you? Oh yeah, I, I definitely have a plan of where I would go, what I would do if an intruder came in. I keep a pepper spray gun by my bed. <laughs> Smart. And I really, though, think I'd probably be not very good in this situation because if I'm in a deep sleep and Kale comes home late from work or something, like, I have no hope if he were an intruder. No. Like, he scares me, me when he comes in, but all I'm like is like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, don't even open my eyes, so I'd be hopeless. <laughs> yeah. I and now you. I'm rethinking having said all this on the podcast because I'm wondering if it'll put a bigger target on my back. <laughs> so that's how my brain works. <laughs> Jack climbs down the tree. Norman's climbing after him. How is he doing this with a bum leg? Also, nobody knows. No. And Norman says he just wants to talk to him, which is honestly maybe creepier than being like, I'm going to kill you. I don't know. (laughs) Like, I I don't believe you, sir. Being like, I just want to talk. Oh, it's terrible. John has, meanwhile, woken up, starts yelling at Norman to leave them alone. This kid's acting. Yes. Is so good. So good. He's like scream crying, obviously. Ugh. Terrifying situation. Yeah. Norman reaches for Jack, but falls into, I think, their other neighbor's yard with these, like, supposedly vicious dogs. And we don't know what happens to him. (laughs) The dogs are barking. The the dogs subdue him. Yeah. We see the electric gets fixed. John's producer gives him another chance. John makes a real effort to clean up the house and landscaping for Dylan to come home. And the neighborhood kids want John to play monster with them again, but John says they'll think of a new game. Jack is practicing piano and remembers his mom reading a story to him and Dylan. And he's kind of crying at the piano playing his Jack the Bear song. And Dylan comes in wearing adorable footy pajamas. <laughs> Enjoyed him. <laughs> and Jack asks him what the name of the song is because their mom sang it to them every night. And he's just trying to prompt Dylan to talk. Mm-hmm. And John comes in and he's like, Dylan was too little. He's not going to know the name. And poor Jack just breaks down crying. And John's like, everything's going to be fine. Uh. And Dylan walks over to them and quietly says, Jack the bear. Oh. And they all hug and cry because Dylan's talking again. Uh. 
And the movie ends with John watching over his boys playing in the front yard. Yeah. That's the end. You know, I think I liked your your recap of it better than the actual movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I will say I really... I had to read the wiki summary about 20 or 30 minutes into this movie. Yes. And I, I think I found the movie more enjoyable after that because I was so confused about John's really weird job <laughs> and all these character names. And also, I frankly could not place Gary Sinise's face and it was driving me insane. So I had to look it up. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's just, I mean, okay, this movie is rated PG-13. We're partway through it, and I'm like, I can't tell if this movie is for kids or not. Like, obviously, it's centered around kids, but then it has, like, this Nazi Nazi spin. <laughs> this Nazi spin, if you will. Yeah, that's the only thing uh, to call which it. Which then, obviously, is, like, not for kids. Like, it's from a kid's perspective, but the content is way more adult-focused. So it's, like, very – it's kind of confusing. Like, you don't really know what it's going for. Agreed. And in general, we just like, we're just taking Norman the neo-Nazi at face value. Like we don't, we don't get to learn anything about this guy. Like, no. Was he sadistic? Did he just want to inflict pain? Like on sweet baby little Dylan? Like what was he going to do with Jack if he caught him? Like what was the point of that? Right. Also just like, yeah, was it just to get back at John for mocking him on air and not donating to his, you know, Nazi candidate? Or like, it's so weird. And I don't know if we, if this came across when we were reviewing the plot, but like this subplot that became like the real plot of Norman didn't start till like halfway through the movie. Yes. So you think the movie is about one thing and then this gets thrown in like, you think the movie is going to be about family healing after trauma. Then this gets thrown in like halfway through and then you're like, okay, is this is this a psychopathic thriller? Like, what are we watching? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I was expecting from this movie. <laughs> Honestly, I expected to, like, flat out 100% hate it because when we have had to buy stuff on DVD from another country or on DVD in the past <laughs> because it's just literally not available anywhere, it's usually, first of all, almost unwatchable. Yes. This movie actually, like, had pretty good picture and sound, so, like, that made it way more endurable. I don't know. I didn't 100% hate it, but I didn't love it. It's very dark and sad. It tries to end on this, like, positive, hopeful ending, but overall, the plot is just very chaotic, and there's so many random characters to keep track of. Yeah, agreed. We weren't the only ones who didn't love this movie. It got a 29% score on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and a 59% from audiences. Just not not so good. A wide range. Random fun fact, James Horner did the music for this. And he's, like, legendary. He also did the music in another Reese movie, A Far Off Place. But, like, his big stuff is really iconic, namely Titanic. And I'm like, how, what, what was, what is this career path? Like, I mean, this was, like, a little bit before Titanic. This true. came out. This was filmed in 1991. It was released in 1993. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I just overall don't totally know what was happening here. Yeah, what was the point of it? What was I supposed to get out of it? Also, I feel like we just, we could have used like, you know, there's these little voiceovers from Jack throughout. And I feel like we deserved a voiceover from Jack about Norman freaking dying. Like yeah. he falls to some vicious dog death and ju- it's just literally never addressed again. Right, right. And also this poor little neighbor Dexter is clearly having, going through a crisis at home and it's just also never addressed. 
Yeah, the final scene, he's like in a he's like smoking a cigarette in like a leather outfit. <laughs> in the like final eight. scene. And he's like eight, and they never they literally never say anything about it. You're just like, well, I hope Dexter's okay. And the movie ends. Yeah. <laughs> and you know <laughs> you know that <laughs> what's that movie? Oh my god. I was thinking about an SFW. The woman in There's an extra in the movie SFW who's wearing a neck brace for literally no reason. So I was like, like <laughs> yes, for no reason. We were like trying to figure out what her story was. And so I was like thinking about this and I was like, it's not like this little eight-year-old child playing Dexter was like, I really think I should be wearing a leather jacket and smoking a cig in the last scene with no context. Like someone right. made the decision for him. <laughs> maybe they were like getting, maybe they were setting up the stage for a spinoff, like a sequel. Dexter All about Dexter. <laughs> maybe Dexter grows up to be Dexter. Oh, you know, influenced by uh, by Norman, maybe. <laughs> it's just a super weird movie. I wish they would have gone one way or the other. It felt like two movies that they put into one. Either just make this like a touching family drama about recovering from trauma, or make it a a good psycho thriller movie. Agreed. I, I don't know in what instance anyone would ever want to watch this movie. <laughs> what setting would it be good for? <laughs> None. There's no vibe for this movie. There's no vibe for this movie. Like, it's not good. If you're in the mood for a scary movie, no. If you're in the mood for a drama, no. Like, there's what? Even if you want to watch Danny DeVito because for some reason you really like him, this wouldn't be what I tell you to watch. I feel like if you really liked Loverboy, the movie Sandra Bullock was in, you would maybe like this movie. It's the same Who kind really of like. really likes Loverboy? Exactly. <laughs> it's the same kind of indie movie feel told from a child's perspective with adult content, and some really messed up characters. So if you're like, Loverboy is my favorite movie ever, call me. I will send you the DVD because I don't want it. <laughs> so slide into our DMs and I'll ship it to you. You need a region-free DVD player to watch it. but You can't give that up just in case our future girl crushes no, no, no. have movies no. that we can. That was that an investment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But DVD is up for grabs. Yes. Oh, man. Just a weird movie. So strange. So for Reese's character, Karen... We rated her a 5 out of 10. (laughs) This is hilarious to me because she's not in... I mean, she's an important part of the movie for Jack's sake, his character, but she doesn't do a ton in the movie. No. She's lively. She's easygoing. She seems like kind of happy-go-lucky, but she's such a minor character that, like, it seems like she's more used just to illustrate the difference between Jack's unconventional life and family unit and her, like, very conventional family. Mm-hmm. So I, there just wasn't that much to go off of. So our 5 out of 10 was not because there was anything wrong with her. It's also just because there was no reason for us to love her either. Yeah, I think she was she was just kind of this, like, idyllic mm-hmm. girl character who's from, you know, the other side of the tracks, like, in the, in right. the positive way, right? Like, right. Jack is from a much rougher part of... <laughs> town and like you said very unconventional upbringing and this girl like her dad has a fire lit in the fireplace and is handing jack a v8 when he comes to pick her up for dinner so yeah there isn't a ton to say about her 
For her acting, we gave her a 6 out of 10. She actually won the Young Artist Award for Best Performance in a Feature Film as a Supporting Actress for this movie, which feels, like, kind of strange. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised by that because I'm like, who even watched this movie to give it an award? (laughs) Right? And I don't know. And I don't know if it was, like, the female, I guess, supporting actress because I'm like, the two boys who were in this movie definitely should have been nominated if she was. Yeah, Although I feel like they were probably main actors, but they didn't win an award for this. Do we know? I literally wrote in the notes, I could look, but why be prepared? Ah! <sighs> uh, but compared to her other first five movies, like this was such a minor movie for her. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So it seems like out of the first five, this was the one she got nominated for an award for. Right. Right. Just seems a little strange. She was cute in it, though. Like, I thought she, was. she seemed natural. She just seemed like a regular girl. Yeah. We just don't have much opportunity to like see her do much right right. especially in comparison to her other early movies Mm -hmm. agreed so for our bonus category whiskey teacups we gave her zero out of two this bonus category is for how sassy her character is like we said before she's not in much of this she's just a pretty happy-go-lucky kid yeah and for would you watch again we gave this a one out of five is anyone shocked (laughs) don't ever want to watch this again again uh if you want this movie Slide into our DMs. Maybe we'll we'll auction it off or something. <laughs> I, don't I don't need to own this, though, for longer no, than agreed. I have. Yeah. Just why? Side note, while you were talking there, I did look it up. The two young actors who played Jack and Dylan were nominated for Best Performance in a Feature Film by a Leading Actor and a Young Actor, respectively. But they did not win. Dang. Yeah. I don't know who they were up against. I don't feel like looking it up, so I probably just gonna let that go unless you unless you should. No, it's better. It's better if we leave some mystery out there. It's better if we all wonder together. Exactly. (laughs) So to review for Jack the Bear, we gave the plot a four point two five out of ten. Reese's character Karen a five out of ten. Her acting a six out of ten. A whiskey teacup score of a zero out of two, and a would you watch again score of a one out of five, bringing it to a total of sixteen point five out of thirty seven points. Meaning that Jack the Bear is ranked number thirty nine out of forty one Reese Witherspoon movies. What's it sandwich sandwiched between? between Twilight? So it did slightly worse than Twilight. Did slightly better than The Trumpet of the Swan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it did like a full point. 1.25 points better than Trumpet of the Swan. I wish that we had kept track of how many times this season we have mentioned Trumpet of the Swan. Actually, I brought this movie up in conversation recently because my coworker bought or got his, I was like on a video call with him and he told his child that he had gotten Charlotte's <gasps> Web and Trumpet of the Swan, like Evie White books, and had been asking me how the podcast was going. I was like, actually, Reese Witherspoon is in the animated version of that movie. He's like, what? He's like, have you, have you, are you going to watch it? I'm like, oh, we already did. You're like, do not recommend. (laughs) Do not recommend. I would love to see if his child watched it, if they liked it. That is a good question to put it to a kid test because we were not the target audience for that movie. Oh, man. Anyway. As always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. You can also email us at podcastgirlcrush at gmail.com or support us for as little as $3 a month at buymeacoffee.com slash girlcrushpod or visit our website at girlcrushpodcast.com. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Inherent Vice. Bye. Bye.